want to make a podcast, let me tell you about Spotify's program for podcasters. And it's called Spotify for Podcasters. I've been using it for over a year now. Couldn't be happier from the switch. You can record wherever you create podcasts, whether it be your phone, computer, and it's easy to upload it and distribute it to everywhere podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, Spotify for Podcasters is completely free. So launch your podcast today. Get started with Spotify for Podcasters. Go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. This is part two of the Memorial Day special. I hope you're enjoying your weekend or you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend if you're listening to this after the fact. Because we're celebrating those who made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can enjoy these freedoms in this great nation that we live in. A lot of people here, or rather there are a lot of people not here today because they made that ultimate sacrifice. While I was recording this intro, Vader and Bender actually reached out and we decided to record a quick bro chat, which will be part three of this Memorial Day session where we're honoring and remembering some of the the bros that are no longer with us that made the ultimate sacrifice during our time. We're only scratching the surface. But this episode, I'm sitting down with Kelsey Hancock, who's a Marine, but I was able to meet her and talk to her back at the Guns Gear Memorial Foundation Golf Tournament. They were kind enough to invite me and E3 Aviation up there to capture some of the awesome stories and see what they're doing, which is incredible. I have links down to Guns Gear Memorial Foundation below. I encourage you to check them out. Just at least throw in your hip pocket because you never know if someone might need some help and they're a great resource. Or if you're looking to become a part and help out, you can become a monthly donor. Every little bit helps and you never know what difference you might make in someone's time of need. So you can check that out down below. But Kelsey, her fiance, Nick, unfortunately was killed in an Osprey crash back last summer. He was a weapons and tactics officer. He was an instructor and he was on track to PCS to HMX. That's the Presidential Airlift Squadron out in Virginia. Kelsey and Nick both met in Norwich and graduated and then commissioned directly in the Marine Corps. Safety is always of the most important to Nick. But his professionalism and proficiency always led him to be picked to lead the most robust combat missions on deployment. Nick's passing actually inspired Kelsey to go back into the Marine Corps after being out for three years with the intent to keep his legacy alive. She's also started the Purple Skies Foundation that launches June 8th. And her mission there is to be supportive of all significant others and service members killed in action in the line of duty. So stay tuned to that. Once that's active, I can share the link down below, but that's the Purple Skies Foundation. With all that being said, let's jump into the episode with Kelsey and you can hear from her. All right, awesome. Sitting here with Croc and Kelsey, thank you for joining. We've talked to Croc a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more, but I showed up uh, to this, you know, golf tournament. You guys had me out here, which was great. The foundation, learning more about it, but one thing that's pretty unique is actually seeing someone who has come into the foundation, who's been helped by the foundation, but then has leaned in and, and helping the foundation as well. And I think you're that story, which is really cool to see. Um, so I want to like, we're going to talk a little bit about your background and your husband and kind of how we got here. But I, I do want to kind of start, can you 
just tell me. I always ask for like the 60 to 90 second elevator pitch of like who you are, where you grew up, and yeah, how are you sitting here today? So I grew up in Southern Maryland. I went to Norwich University in central Vermont. It's a private military school in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. Um, if you know anybody in the military, they always know someone who went to Norwich. I, I, you know, I, was, I think we were talking about this last night at dinner too, like uh, not many women go to Norwich, I would imagine. No, when I went there, it was like 17 to one. Yeah. That was the ratio. I went to Georgia Tech, which that ratio <laughs> might've been similar, but I don't know if it was that bad. Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> um, I commissioned in the Marine Corps in 2015, and I made my way to Camp Pendleton in San Diego. I actually met Nick um, at Norwich, and uh, we didn't reconnect until San Diego. So we, we knew each other at school, okay. but we didn't hang out. We weren't in the same friend group. He was two years ahead of me. Okay. And then it, it wasn't until we got out to San Diego in 2018. We went on a camping trip, Zion National Park, a bunch of our friends from Norwich went, yeah. and uh, he was smitten. <laughs> off the bat he was like I gotta get her number and um, he was very persistent I stiff armed him quite a bit and uh, he eventually was successful and took me on on a date the rest is history um, be persistent right I guess the moral of the story moral of the story um, he was a, a great human being and uh, really stood out to me just his character and the way he lit up a room um, we got engaged in January 2020 in Mammoth. Okay. And um, I'm sorry, 2021. The last like three years are kind of <laughs> it's a. All a blur. It's kind of, I actually there was a. It's all the same year. There was a period like in the summer. I'm like, is it 2021 or 20? Like I didn't. I know. I had to go actually look it up, which I'm kind of embarrassed to say. It's but, okay. Yeah. yeah. January 2021 in Mammoth Lakes, and um, yeah, we live a house in Oceanside. And um, had almost four wonderful years together. And how I ended up here is um, unfortunate, but um, Nick was an Osprey pilot. Uh, he flew V-22s. He was a weapons and tactics instructor, so kind of the equivalent of Top Gun. Right. Um, and his plane went down on a routine training flight on June 8th, 2022. I know it's, it's still really fresh uh, seeing you here because I met you yesterday as we're out at McIntyre and Croc told me shortly after I met you because I didn't know and um, he told me a little about your background and I was blown away um, and really impressed by the fact that you've come across the country. I always say like showing up is 90% of the battle and I recognize I can only imagine one flying across the country, um, lending your time to do photography work here to help the foundation is huge. But you showed up to essentially a group of people that you really didn't know, and like you just jumped right into it. Like we're out on the flight line. We had a crazy day on the flight line yesterday, which was yeah, <laughs> it was it was entertaining. Uh, but really impressive to see stepping out of I imagine a comfort zone. And putting, and putting yourself out there and, and being a part of this, which is really cool to see. Well, I, I really appreciate being here. I mean, the foundation has helped a lot. Um, like I've, I've said to you both, there weren't too many foundations who were willing to help me. Um, I don't like asking for help, first and foremost. Yeah. Like I'm a very proud person, and I like to have it together. Um, in this situation, 
it's not possible to have it together. Um, and I had to give myself a little bit of grace there. Absolutely. Um, but I, Nick and I were 58 days from getting married. So um, I like to call on my husband, but on paper we weren't married. And so a lot of organizations, including the military, don't recognize me for you know, any assistance. And there were some things I really needed help with. And um, this foundation was one of, one of two uh, that was willing to help. So um, it means a lot to be here and to get to know you guys and hang out. You know, Croc and I were talking earlier, and I think you mentioned being a proud person. I know that's one, like, I personally will just suffer in silence. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're taught, right? Right, you just, you just deal with it. Mm -hmm. And being willing to step up and say, I need some help here, or I need a hand, is monumental. And it's a hurdle that most people can't overcome, and they suffer in silence. Yeah. So again, the courage to step up and say, like, I need help. And I also go to the fact of like, you're living your, your worst days, your worst nightmares. And like, wh yeah, where do you turn to and who do you lean to? So the fact that you push through all that and ask for help to me again, it's just like, it's monumental and that's super impactful. How did you guys initially, like, how did you find the foundation? Uh, Megan Buryak. Uh, I don't know if you know her, but she is a surviving spouse. Okay. Uh, as well. Her husband, James Buryak, passed in um, an MH60 crash in San Diego last August, okay. August 2021. Um, and she started a foundation in honor of him. And when Nick's mishap occurred, she reached out to me and people were sending her, her information to me incessantly. And I'm telling you what, I had hundreds, I'm not even exaggerating, hundreds of messages text messages, LinkedIn messages, Facebook messages, Instagram messages. So I think it ended up getting into the thousands. And I was doing my best to go through the messages, but Megan Buryak's name just kept popping up repeatedly. So I was like, man, I guess I need to reach out to this girl because I don't know who she is, but <laughs> maybe she could give me some pointers or point me in the right direction. And this woman has gone to bat for me. like. I get emotional thinking about it. She's a badass. Yeah. Like, just to know that she's been through something similar. And to see her strength and perseverance. I'm like, that's what I want to be. I got, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of service members watching. Um, I've got my Marines, who I had when I was on active duty, watching. And uh, gotta keep going, right? So Megan was like, hey, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Um, and I told her what I needed and she made some phone calls and you guys came through, so yeah. The strength you're showing by, again, being here and stepping up and not, uh, again, no one knows what they're gonna do uh, when something like this happens. I can see very easily the easy button is to close the world off and, and not, not be out there. But I know people hearing you talk, like, and just your every day and how you carry yourself, you'll have an impact on someone that you, you may never know what that impact is, but it'll be a big impact. So it's, it's incredibly powerful to hear and see what you're doing in and amongst 
the, the worst period in your life. So I appreciate you sharing just a little bit about that. I, I, I do want to, I want to jump back a little bit, right? Cause you are a Marine, you're an active duty Marine. Uh, you, I know you're, you're active, but like now you're back into the reserves. Did you grow up in a military family? How'd you end up in the Marine Corps? Um, I don't come from a military family, but I grew up in Southern Maryland. So huge military influence. A lot of my friends' parents were military. Uh, so I got a little taste of that yeah. through them. Um, my, my school growing up was extremely patriotic and my hometown was very patriotic. And when 9-11 happened, I'm gonna date myself. I was in third grade. <laughs> I was in third grade, and um, by the time fourth grade rolled around, everyone was like saying what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I just said to my friends, I said, "I'm gonna be a marine." I don't even think I knew what that was. I don't. I don't even think I knew the difference between a marine and a soldier right. or, an, yeah. or an airman. That's actually impressive. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, "That's what I'm gonna do," and it stuck. I mean, I that's what I wanted to do all through middle school and high school, and um, yeah, I wanted to go to an academy, but the Lord had other plans for me, <laughs> yeah. and so I ended up in Norwich. But yeah, I'm, I I think growing up. I was tired of people telling me I couldn't do something because yeah. I was a girl, and I think that really fed into, I'm gonna go do the hardest thing that I think I could possibly do with my life, and that's join the Marine Corps yeah. as a girl. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I played football when I was a kid because you know I wanted to. I wanted, yeah. I think, to prove myself, and yeah. um, but then I think it morphed into, well, I, I think I could be good at this, and I really want to make a difference, and if I can change one person's life, then that's good enough for me. That's huge. You know? So um, I hope I hope I made an impact when I was active duty. I think I did. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> that's for sure. As we, as we all do, especially as yeah. the- There were some growing pains. Young lieutenants and captains. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have done some things a little differently, but you know, I think we all are doing the best we can with what we've got yeah. at the time, so. Yeah, that's, and you obviously commissioned the Marine Corps, and you did four years active duty? Yes. Okay, yeah. and then you're back in the reserves? Yeah, I took three years off. Okay. And uh, found myself. Yeah. <laughs> <so to speak. laughs> yeah. I traveled and did the corporate thing and, um, you know, try to redefine who I was and yeah. figure that out. Because, you know, you, you tend to, I think people tend to lose themselves in the institution, yeah, it's it's very easy to. Um, but I was I was very adamant about not, and I think you do a little bit. But I think I had a period of wanting to figure myself out and who I was and what I was passionate about, what kind of impact I wanted to leave on the world. Um, but there was part of me that always really wanted to go back in, but probably not active duty. Um, but I think being around Nick and his friends and seeing the camaraderie and the the aviation community, which was a very different experience than I had when I was, you know, on the ground side, it's it was night and day, and so I think I was a little envious of that, and um, I kind of wanted to go back and redeem myself, and I just felt like I had more in me, yeah. you know. Yeah. This couldn't, it wasn't it, and uh, I remember a lieutenant colonel I worked with, Colonel Anthony. He was a G6 at First Marine Logistics Unit in One Mef, and I was getting out, and he goes, "You're going to come back." I'm like, 
no, I'm not. <laughs> then he said, you just wait, you're going to come back. And he was right. So if he's listening, you're right, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because you, you don't really hear that story too much. It's like, once you're done on active duty, like, like bye, yeah, like, bye Done. Maybe, maybe you go in the reverse, but if there's a break, yeah, it's over. Can you tell me a little bit about Nick? Like, yeah. Like what, how did he get involved in aviation and what was his path? Gosh, well, so he started off at Norwich too, okay. two years ahead of me. Um, I don't think he originally had a flight contract and one of the, uh, the Navy lieutenants, he was one of the ROTC instructors, pulled him aside and says, here, take this test. And it was the, I don't know what the test is, it's to be a pilot test. Yeah. And he took Make it believe. and he did, he passed it. And so they were like, you want to fly? And he's like, sure, it <laughs> sounds good. And uh, so yeah, he went, he went to TBS, then flight school and um, picked Ospreys and we weren't uh, together at that time, him going to flight school and, and learning the Osprey, but he had a great time. I mean, he made a lot of great friends and great memories and lifelong, I mean, right. those kind of lifelong friends. Um, he, was, he was larger than life. He was the kind of guy who walked into a room, he was loud, he had the most ridiculous laugh, and it was loud, <laughs> carried, carried across the room. Um, he was funny, just really loyal friend, and uh, always wanted everybody to be happy, you know, wanted to bring people together. He was definitely the glue, I think in the squadron too. Um, really prioritized everybody getting together, and you know, that happens when you get new leadership, come in and out, camaraderie kind of kind of shifts depending right. on the people. He really wanted to maintain, you know, good unit cohesion and um, he did that with his friends too. You know, he was, that was the kind of guy he was. Um, he was hilarious, he made me laugh a lot. I, he drove me crazy too, we wanted to kill each other all the time, but you know, that's the that's best kind of, of relationships. <laughs> um, and he loved flying, I mean, he was, I, and I'm, I'm biased, right? But he was the best pilot in the world. Um, he was so smart. He could recite NATOPs off the back of his hand. He knew SOPs. He knew, you know, calling people out all the time and briefs, trying to take unnecessary risks for things. He would berate them to be like, why are we doing this in training environment? This is ridiculous. You know, he never had a problem speaking up about those kinds of things. Um, he was an awesome instructor. Everyone loved flying with him, you know, because he had this calming presence. He was so smart and he could troubleshoot things and work through things with just a level head, um, which I thought was really awesome. So not only was he an amazing person, he was an amazing Marine, amazing pilot, WTI, you know. He was the best, really, best of the best. Larger than life. Yeah. One of the more interesting things, Rain, that uh, Kelsey and I talked about when we first started talking is he was in uh, Kuwait as part of the Quick Reaction Force flying Ospreys when we were there and Guns was there too. And it, I mean, it's just amazing like how small of a world it is. Um, that really, it, it, that's the thing you start seeing in this, like how it's interwoven and interconnected and just, even if it's a different service, like again, you end up crossing paths with people or you were in the same spot. And again, talking to someone yesterday who was in Syria at the same time that yeah. I was flying over, you just never, you just kind of never know. It's crazy 
happened since. So yeah. I appreciate you just sharing a little bit about your story. Uh, it's again, it's humbling to be here. And then it's very impactful for me to see someone like you who I realize uh, this is probably not an easy thing to do, but I know someone will hear this or see how you're carrying yourself and what you're doing and it will undoubtedly change their life and have a significant impact in it. So it's so important that, again, I think everyone is working together and that's what, you know, really, I mean, the military is all about and being good humans. So, yeah, thank you. So is there anything else you want to share or talk about as we kind of wrap up here? Put you on the spot sure. just a little bit, uh, yeah. Um, really, I, I'm, I'm thankful to be here and, and pick your brain and network with everyone. Um, I'm, I'm really determined because of this. Um, I don't know who else is going to keep his name alive. Uh, I'm determined to carry out his legacy and help people through this. And so I'm, I'm working on starting my own foundation to support people like me, yeah. the almosts, you know. So. Well, we're like on behalf of the the foundation, we're honored to be a part of your story. And so um, we can't like from the bottom of our heart, like we we will be here for you as long as you need it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And likewise. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks.